The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you today, Pete? Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's awesome. Mate, fantastic myself. Sun's coming up, little mist over the farm at the moment, a little cold. Horses are waiting to be fed by my beautiful mm. wife, Nick. So, And Shakova, my dog, is licking my foot at the moment, and I'm in my pajamas, so that's a perfect well, that's, morning. That's the <laughs> only way to do a podcast is, is to have your dog licking your feet in pajamas while you're doing it. <laughs> I think so. That's, that's the only way. Well, I just tried to pick her up and she's, she's gone to bite me because she was so content doing what she was doing. Yes, it's okay. We love you. Everybody knows that you are always here with the podcast. She's like my mascot <laughs> with the, pad, with the cool. podcast. What, what kind of dog? She's a, uh, let me scroll, let me push down. She's a little poodle. Oh, oh okay. She goes, she's on the, uh, the don't bite me because you're taking you off. Like, you're not allowed to lick my feet. You know that. No licking. She's, she's a little Ewok. She's a little Ewok. She's a little Ewok. <laughs> She's so funny because we don't let her lick us ever, you know, but she loves to lick. So yeah. she knows when I'm a little distracted to, to, to or, or in something so I can't tell her off from, from doing it. <laughs> so she takes the opportunity wherever she can. I think because we have a lot of uh, every night we have a magnesium bath, so we have all this salt that's, Ah, Maybe oh, in, in right. our skin. So I think that's the, the thing that drives her little uh, poodle brain into. Right, right, right. Licking, licking, licking the salt. Yeah, of course. 
Okay, so anyway, enough about my bath and pajamas. We're here to talk about you. And we started off talking about before we pressed record technology and fishing. And I yeah. feel like I feel like that could be a really interesting path to go down. Especially, oh, definitely. Especially definitely. with the work that you do. Yeah. You want to talk about let's talk about outdoors and fly fishing. Let's do it. Okay. So I, I love talking about that. That's that's just a big, big passion of mine. It's actually, there's a chapter in my book where I take the reader fly fishing. So it's apropos to spirituality for badasses. And it's just, you know, it's just a thing. So shall I take the ball and run with it? I believe so, but I will just add my little bit there. Add your bit. Ram Das always had said, you know, if, if you believe you are spiritual or enlightened, go speak a week with your family. And yeah. I, I, I could add to that to say if you are a, a very patient or um, gentle person on yourself, learn fly fishing. <laughs> you know, and if, oh. you think you, if you think you got your shit worked out, learn fly fishing. Right. There is so much truth. Well, you know, I hear I, I'm not a surfer, but I actually hear surfing's the same way. That it just takes a while to, you know, get your balance, to figure out how to get on a wave, to ride the wave, that, that is, you're just kicking yourself. And it's the same thing Ram Dust would appreciate a surfer too, I'm sure. Yeah, surfing's great. But I tell you what, getting a bird's nest or a tangle in a fishing line, that's, that's, ne- that's yeah. next level. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I spent two years figuring that out. And, and the reason I you know, to keep it on topic, the reason that I love it so much, it's so Zen. It's so in the moment. You have to be. If you're walking in a river, that alone is dangerous, depending upon how deep the river is. There's rocks, an uneven bottom. So you have to be steady on your feet. You have to be in the moment. If you want to actually then cast, of course, casting is a is a is a skill that takes a while to 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 you know not put your you're flying a tree behind you and to put it where you want it and then not to splash and to be quiet and to be still because you, because the fish know you're there. So all of that, the combination of all of those things are make for such a beautiful present moment experience that, um, yeah, it's, it's an acquired taste. It does take a while before you're not cursing while you're out fly fishing. Um, but once you do, I, you know, most of my friends who are fly fishermen are addicts like myself, because once you know the zone, what's really awesome, I think, about fly fishing is that I can have fun whether or not I actually catch a whole bunch of fish or if I just catch a couple of small fish. It's about being out in nature. It's about just, you know, uh, as I said before, just being in the moment. And uh, that, uh, that's as good as life gets. In my humble opinion, it's uh, I have to agree because there's something that, about these activities, as you just mentioned, that mm. become sort of addictive or become our, our parts of our lifestyle. They they become uh, an extension of us or part of us. You know, surfing, for instance, it's like you like you. I don't go there to catch the best wave of the day. I just do it to experience it. And if I get a great yeah. wave like I did the other day, yeah. fantastic. What a bonus that was. It was just yeah. fantastic. But just the activity in itself, pulling up to the beach, looking out of the horizon, seeing what it's like. Yesterday oh. I saw whales doing their their their, oh. their, their blow. 
uh, through yeah. a blowhole. And I was like, wow, that, that just, yeah, I got to witness that. And then yeah. taking off your clothes, getting cold, putting on a wetsuit, knowing you're about to even get colder and what may happen out there, who knows, and then paddling out, doing that first under a duck dive that you under the wave and you know the water's going to rush down the back of your wetsuit and really wake you up and, and, and you look forward to it but you don't look forward to it because you know, <laughs> once you have that initial initial uh, reaction to it it's painful or it's uncomfortable but then it actually becomes your friend you know because yeah. you've been through that barrier and then out there you smile to people and other people are out there just going I can't believe we get to do this on this planet. And it's yeah. the same thing with fishing. I've learned how to fly fish. And I, and my favourite type of fishing, and I don't like to have favourites, but I used to do a lot of fishing for trout up in the, in the mountains. Yeah. And part of that process was being by myself. Yeah. Being by myself and in that experience over the years, I got to sort of see wild horses, you know, come over the ledge where I was fishing. They didn't know I was there. And I look up and there's these wild horses just yeah. breathing over the top, seeing wombats, kangaroos, uh, snakes mm. that you're about to step on, like dangerous mm. snakes. And as you said, you need to be on. You need to be so present and yes. falling over in the river and having that cold water rush down your waders, you know, and yeah. cur cursing yourself or missing that fish because you've you've stumbled or your shadows cast. So it's all of these things that what I have come to realize is some of these activities that people do, I believe, extends their life. Yeah. And, and maybe it doesn't extend their life because we have such a uh, uh, who knows how long a human being can live for when yeah. they are full of passion and without fear yeah, and really yeah. in the flow as often as possible. But what I witness in the ocean and with fishing, fisher people, we'll just take those two as an example, is yeah. people do this for a long, long time, very different from other yeah. activities and sports. So, Talk into this for me, into spirituality for, for badasses. You know? <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it really is related. Um, there's something about living life as a child. There's something about living life in the moment that's so precious and so underrated, you know, that um, these types of activities give, give us a glimpse into that let's call it a zone and there's i think what is amazing and what what i learned in my own spiritual search is that you don't need a device to get into that zone you don't need a device that zone is always there and it may not be there with the fireworks and bells and whistles that some devices create and it may not be there when you're deep in a really profound meditation or you're having just an awesome conversation with your best friend and you're just in the moment but there is a part of this that is there there's a there's an aware part that um can be accessed without a device without an activity that is an external activity and this is this is what i learned 
I, I was suffering from depression and I had no intention in this life when I was 18 or 19 years old to get into spirituality. I had no intention. It was the last thing on my list. But when the when depression hit, that's when I, you know, I tried the typical things in the beginning, drugs and alcohol and stupid things. And then that slowly transformed into, okay, I'll try Prozac and therapy. And I did not like that. I felt like I was just numbing and drugging it. And then, okay, you know, my feet dragging and kicking into what is spirituality about? And I gave it a try. And lo and behold, within the first couple of years, I had some 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 really cool breakthroughs um, that said, oh, okay, there is something to this. And then fast forward a bunch, a bunch of years, and then depression gone. Depression is, you know, no longer a part of this person's experience. So grateful, so awesome, so, you know, happy that that um, that I that I did allow myself to get involved in spirituality. And there's so many places I could go with this. It, it kind of has all led up to this book that I've written called Spirituality for Badasses, because I was then and I still today have a badass side. And I it's a message to those out there that you don't need to be a yogi or a PhD or a saint in order to derive benefit from spirituality. You can still be a badass. You can still be you. You can still be unique. You can still be yourself. And you can have a beer every once in a while. It's not going to kill you. You know, you can, you can still uh, have all of these things. Like you can still go surfing. You can still go fly fishing. I'm married. I have a you know, a 13 year old son. And we regularly have, you know, farts and fart jokes in this house. But there is all the while what has changed for me with spirituality is this. This uh, this this being aware of, of 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 awareness, being aware of this part of me that's OK, you know, that feels comfortable in my own skin. And that's the uh, badass spiritual uh, sermon of the day. <sighs> What have you come to realize about the word spirituality? Have you come, your, your definition of it over the years and how you describe it in the book, does it, does it yeah. have, have a one-size-fits-all definition? No, it, it does not. Um, I, I mean, I, spirituality for me is, has changed throughout my life. You know, what is the definition of spirituality? And of course, spirituality throughout the world means many, many different things to many different people. When I first got involved in spirituality, it was about, it was about, you know, it was about the cookies and the ice cream and the puppy dogs of spirituality. How can I feel good? How can I, you know, I want to have an out-of-body experience. I want to smoke some marijuana and sit with some incense in the dark. I want to uh, raise my vibration, whatever that means. I want to practice yoga and really feel at one with my body. I want to feel better, you know, a logical when you're when you first get involved in spirituality, that's the thing that you want. You want to feel better. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. And then what happens if you mature and if you take a few steps down the path is that there's this thing called. There's this thing called your shadow, which starts to gnaw at you and your shadow is the part that. 
holds all your fears, it has your walls, it has your limits, it's the edge of your box. And sooner or later, it's good to confront the shadow. It's it's good to, okay, you know, what is this? You know, I'm I'm doing all these things to feel good, yet, oh, there's this looming sense of somehow the anxiety's gotten worse. Somehow the depression's gotten worse. So that's the that's the internal shadow part. So then then spirituality for me turned into, okay, it's not so much going after the, you know, climbing on the outside of the mountain to get to the light at the top, but more or less going through the deep interior of the mountain, meeting shadow, meeting fear, meeting anxiety, and unloading. Instead of adding things, I'm unloading things. And the stuff that I'm unloading is the, um, is again, it's the shadow stuff. It's for me specifically, if I could point to a few occasions where this happened dramatically, um, what began to happen to me in my 20s was uh, um, I started having anxiety attacks that were bad. These, these anxiety attacks were just, just fear of death, fear of annihilation, just, just really deep fear. Um, and I was running from them like, oh, I did. You know, like when they would hit, I would like I was, you know, tail between my legs and run 100 miles an hour. I just did not. So I, I, I it took me quite some time where I realized, OK, I need to meet this thing. I need to just meet it head on. And then finally. Um, just one particular occasion, I just didn't have Pete any more energy to, to fight it any longer. And, and it hit me. Um, and of course, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And that's exactly what I learned. Tremendous amount of energy went through my body. And, um, I, you know, hyperventilated and was, was breathing and I remember staring at a socket on the wall in this tiny little bedroom and then it was over and there was such tremendous relief after that. All it was, was just, I don't know what it was, honestly, who knows exactly what it was, but it was, it was, it was held tension, held stress, held fear. And it released in that moment. And what a relief it was. That wasn't the end of it, but that was one particular moment where I can point to spirituality and say, yeah, man, I unloaded that ball and chain. Thank you, God. You know, and so that's how what spirituality turned into me is a shedding of my limitations, a shedding of ego and mind and really flipping the two. What I mean by the two is that usually when you start out in spirituality, ego and mind is out here and awareness is way back here. And then if you're smart, you realize that, oh, awareness is pretty important and it has a lot of benefits. And then slowly over time in spirituality, what happens is this, is that awareness is out here and ego is back. I love your smile right now. You're really grinning. <laughs> it's great. So awareness is out here. This does not mean that ego goes away. I, I, you know, ego, Jeff, you know, ask my wife if I have an ego. I definitely have an ego. You know, and 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 it doesn't go away. But when awareness is out here, oh man, it just makes life so much better, so much better. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. I ain't selling perfection. I'm. A, I love Dan Harris's book, Ten Percent Happier. You know that. You know, I I think I, I like to think that <laughs> you know what I'm preaching might be a little better than ten percent. 
but it's but it ain't no 100 percent. you know it's not that it's it's like it just you know but i think for most people 10 percent is pretty good you know get a little bit above that and you're you're flying you know so there it is we're flawed superheroes you know and and so that's how my that's how my definition of spirit spirituality slowly changed it was in the beginning, as I said, I was after ice cream cones and the, the feel good part of it. And then it changed into, OK, I need to meet, you know, I need to meet these fears and these these shadow things that I don't want to meet. Um, and then slowly over time, I met them and um, undid them. And, you know, even even today, there, there might be a little something that percolates up that is is, you know, I, I met some an old, old a uh, friend of the family a few weekends ago that I he, I didn't like him when I was younger. He kind of, he had a negative vibe and I really kind of got upset before I met him. You know, like all these things were coming up. I was like, wow, where's this coming from? And so I just, you know, I met the guy and within a few minutes, we're, we're in the present moment. You know, the past is the past and the energy just sort of dissipated and it was a whole clean slate. And I don't think that, you know, that would have happened so fast if the spiritual badass in me wasn't there, you know, so spirituality for badasses, that's all I'm pointing to. Is this aware part? This, you know, in the beginning, ego out here, awareness in the back. Here's your spiritual badass. Up front. Pretty simple. So. I love it. When you were telling that story about going inside and facing your shadow. I, I, yeah. <clears throat> one of my favorite books. And many people's books is uh, Lord of the Rings by Tolkien, and yeah, and and the movies they did a a, a pretty darn good job uh, to capture uh, yes. what was in the books. I mean, the books are uh, I would highly recommend everybody read them because I do believe they're very deeply spiritual books. Um, yes, and one of the the greatest scenes in the film itself is Gandalf. They're trying to go around the mountain, and because he knows what's in the mountain. So yeah, he, he 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 would rather go where it's it's more dangerous and, and the lightning's there and the rock creatures are throwing the, the rock mountains are th- having this war between them than actually going to face his fear. But he yeah. really knows you can tell when, when when they're talking about it that he knows he's gonna have to face that fear. So yeah, and that and that, that 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 look on on the actor's face of playing Gandalf, who's like, we need to go into the mountain, and <laughs> which is which is where he dies because he faces his shadow, and yeah. it's only, and it's only a part of him that dies because as he comes out, he's now yeah, Gandalf the the white, you know, he he yeah. he transforms because he's faced yeah. his fear, and he yeah. sacrifices, and and that's a great metaphor for life. I think it's a, just a it's, it's a that's movie. it that is yeah like yeah it, it, that's 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 beautifully put and, and and a really great analogy um in the movie and and, and good to remember and um i i, I, wanted, to know, you, I yeah, wanted to know sorry to interrupt i want to know about your road trip because um or Throughout the through the book, which I haven't read yet, but I'm looking forward yeah. to it. But I believe yeah. you you talk about um, um, traveling around and b- 
being a bad badass and, and learning about yourself and, and spirituality. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong with this, but um, talk to us about the, the everyday opportunities that people can be more aware, even, even sure. on a road trip or whatever it may be. Sure. So this is this is the best, this is such such a fun part. It is the book, um, but it's such a great opportunity to just do this and that, the other thing, and discover awareness. And so the the book is written from the um, you the reader are with me in, in in my Jeep Wrangler, and we're traveling, and I'm talking to you, and you know I make you drive. Um, so you the reader are are going on this adventure. Um, so that's you know, one part of it. So I take you, um, cause you willingly said yes <laughs> to this, to all of these places. And I don't all, I don't always tell you where we're going or what we're doing. And so, um, I'll just, I'll just take you to a few, uh, you know, right for right now, as we're speaking, I'll just tell you about a few places that we go to. Well, we do go, we do, we end up in a canoe. At a, at a local river here in Virginia. And the first thing that I, I, I wanna explore uh, this idea of awareness, not just in the good moments, not just when the sun is shining, not just when the weather is beautiful and you're outside in nature, that's easy. That's easy to be aware under that circumstance. But I, I wanna explore awareness when you're pissed off. Where, where does awareness go when you're pissed off? So I flip the canoe. Um, and fictionally, I create a response from the reader that, you know, is that they're horrified that I that I flip the canoe and how could you do this? We're in the middle. There's rapids and all these things. It's safe. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I um, this this shock creates a circumstance where, OK, so where is awareness now? Where is awareness now? And and the person is naturally sort of angry. Um, you know, and walks up to me and gives me a good slap in the face for for slipping for flipping the, the canoe. However, what happens is that they 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 kind of go back to center really quickly. They find that because of awareness, because of their because they're paying attention, because they're noticing this that there's a part of them that's okay despite the anger, they recalibrate really quickly. This is called resiliency in in the modern mindfulness movement. It's it's developing um, emotional resilience, and so what 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 is being said here? There's nothing wrong with getting angry. Getting angry is totally okay, and sometimes it's it's justified and needed. But staying angry for days, having it stick in your body, that's not good. And so what the practice of mindfulness, what the practice of awareness, what 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 spirituality, the benefit that that can give you is this resiliency, this resiliency to quickly, like a cat that is fierce in one minute, you know, don't screw with me. And then in 30 seconds is back to being a fluffy little purple. That's the kind of thing that, that awareness and being emotionally resilient does to a human being. You can get angry, but then you go back. So I, so I demonstrate that, and that's fun. And we go fly fishing, and we have a good time, and then we 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 go on to the next adventure. And and the next adventure is pretty much my my favorite part of the book. I take you to Outer Banks, North Carolina, and it's the beach. And if I were a surfer, I would have taken up surfing, but I came up with something 
just as good. Well, we went swimming in a part of the ocean where there's uh, where there are. I further continue the. Uh, <laughs> I play the part of the you know so sort of semi charming yet sadistic teacher. Uh, I we go swimming in the ocean and li little does the reader know that there are uh, there are jellyfish in this part of the the water. So she, he or she gets stung by a jellyfish and we kind of go through that. The same thing, you know. This time it's physical pain. So where is awareness during physical pain? Can you point to it? That's the lesson there. And it's the same thing. It's not, it's not, no, awareness is not going to prevent you from, you know, you put your finger on the stove, you're going to burn your finger. However, you do have it, if you run into a moment where you hurt yourself, where there is physical pain or there's long-term physical pain, there's something really nice about noticing a part of yourself that's okay, despite the fact that that physical pain is there, whether it's short-term or long-term. There's something very, very nice about noticing that there's a part of you that's totally cool, that's totally badass, and totally okay, even while you've been stung by a jellyfish. So then on to the next, the next part after that is, and again, here's my favorite part. So I, I take you, the reader, to Lucky's two-stroke biker bar, and we go inside, and I proceed to get you drunk off of tequila shots. And are you aware while you're inebriated? Where is awareness with alcohol? Where is awareness when your body is totally off kilter? And we, so we go through that. And then, so then I take this, you know, to the next level, which is like, okay, we're not just going to go to a bar to drink. We're going to get in a bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to Jim Carrey this shit. You know, I'm going all the way, you know. And so we we get in a bar fight. We end up in jail, you know. And so this this is the value. We're not monks. We're not saints. We're not sitting in a cave in India. We, we drive to work every day. We have bosses that are assholes. We have stress in the family. We have everyday things that drive us crazy. So this is the point of that. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast podcast.